It's HPR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence, wrapping up two days with guitar icon Stanley Jordan, back this weekend, tonight at the Honoka'a People's Theater, and tomorrow at Porter Pavilion on Kauai. We're listening to Stanley recorded live in our Atherton Performing Arts Studio. And you can find a segment from yesterday online in the new place we keep our interviews, hawaiipublicradio.org slash roadstories. And we conclude now with Stanley Jordan on HPR's All Things Considered. A great way to showcase your diversity. There's another cat I've never asked you about, and I hadn't even realized that you had had a huge hit with him. Uh, Country legend Kenny Rogers. I've never seen him. I have ate at his restaurant some tasty breakfasts there in Vegas, but you recorded Morning Desire with him. He's a guy we've never, I've never remember anyone telling a story about this guy. Well, he had seen me on the Johnny Carson show. Oh, this and connects. he had written this song, and he was going to put it on the album. And uh, George Martin, the Beatles producer, was the producer of of this album. And the issue that he had was that this song, he thought maybe it sounded a little too much like Bruce Springsteen. I'm on fire. <laughs> okay. And he didn't want people to think that it was, you know, just a cop of that. Right. Then he saw me, and he thought, "That's it." That's what's going to make this song different. And so they contacted us. And, uh, you know, of course, I'd love to work with Kenny Rogers. I've always loved his music. And so we did the song. And I loved working with him. And I really loved just the surprise pleasure of working with George Martin as well. Right. And I really kind of understood what a good producer does. You know, there's different styles of producing. There's more technical. There's more administrative producers there's more arranging oriented he was kind of in the middle of all three but there was another element that was more just sort of humanistic like he had a way of bringing out the best in people just on a human level just making you really like at one point we were in the studio and he was literally like pulling like with his hands just pulling like give me that stanley stuff i want more of that stanley stuff and i was like wow okay and it's like the more it sounded like me the more he liked it and that was so awesome because so often you go in the studio and they already have a you know standardized thing that they want you to do you know and basically what he said was pretend this is your album and what would you play if this was your album and the solo i did for me i think it stands up to any of the stuff on on my albums and just one other thing I'll mention about that. So there was already another guitar on the track, and they weren't 100% sure if they wanted to use it or not. It was just kind of a reference rhythm guitar part. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it, and I really wanted them to keep that that guitar. So I wanted to make sure that whatever I did was compatible with the guitar. So I said to to George Martin, if you don't mind, I'd like to take some time and sort of study that part and figure out how to really mesh with it. He said, no problem, no problem. And so I sat down and I put on my sort of academic composer hat and I actually (laughs) wrote out the main riff. And, you know, it took a little while, but he said, take as much time as you need, no problem. And they had a basketball court in the back of of the studio. So I heard him just shooting the hoops in the back where, where so did you record that the studio in la just okay. a little sort of boutique studio and it's the only time i've ever recorded there but just the sound of that basketball hitting yeah. the ground let me know that all was well and that 
I could do whatever I needed to do. So that's my, I have this memory of hearing George Martin's basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something, you, you know, in the background. You don't hear about that from anybody. And was there times that Kenny and, Kenny Rogers and George Martin and yourself were all in the studio or no? Kenny picked me up from the hotel and he brought me there. Okay. And he had some other things to do. So he stayed for a little while and then, and then he left. He had the most amazing car. Whatever company it was, they decided that they were going to give him their super high-tech, you know, 21st century <laughs> version of their idea of a car. So, like, when he picked me up, I was looking around. You know, nowadays they've got the Tesla and all this kind of stuff. But the first time I had that kind of experience in a car was when Kenny Rogers picked me up <laughs> in the hotel. And I was, like, in the 80s. Yeah. 86. <laughs> right. That song did really well. It was the number one country song of 1986. You think about things that shape people and help people to end up being the kind of cats that they are. And when you were really, really young, and you would know better than me if this was a critical moment in your life or not, perhaps it changes through your life how important it was when you got together. It was Quincy Jones. And can you share that remarkable story? And did you ever get to cross paths with him again, I guess, after the story? That would be the second question. Oh, okay. So I, I grew up in Palo Alto, California. Okay. They put together a band, a high school all-star jazz band from around Santa Clara County. Okay. Bud Dimmick, who was kind of locally famous, really talented guitarist and teacher, he was the one who auditioned me. And so he heard me and he said, oh, of course, we definitely want you in the band. So what the band did is we did a concert with Quincy Jones. The concert was in San Jose, so obviously we did that song, Do You Know the Way to San Jose? You know? <laughs> and I believe we did Killer Joe, but I, I did get a chance to um, talk to Quincy a little bit. And he was very encouraging. And it was sort of like, he sort of just welcomed me. He's like, well, I know I'm going to see you again. You, you know, I love your talent and your playing and stuff. So that was really sweet. Just what a legend, you know, no ego, just really all about the music. I remember one time we were at the Grammys and I was just sitting there. I think I was about to go on because there was a, I was presenting an award and I was just sitting there backstage waiting and I was just humming intervals you know or whatever you know just kind of, i'm always kind of singing stuff to myself <laughs> they my mom told me that people used to think that that i was retarded that was the word they used back then is your son retarded because i was always making weird noises and stuff right. so anyway so he made a comment about that said you know uh, you remind me of myself just always singing trying out different intervals. He said, if you're not careful, you could lose your marriage doing that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. I don't know. Maybe I'm telling too much. But. No, that's a great, uh, that's a great, and these are great stories that help people to understand reasons why these shows are, are unique and to see Stanley solo. And uh, final note on that one, I guess it wouldn't be right to have asked. Did you ever get to run into Michael Jackson through your life? When I think of Quincy, I think of him. No, I've never met Michael. When I did my Flying Home album, a um, significant part of it was recorded in Tito Jackson's studio. So I got a chance to talk to him because we were there for like a week or two. Wow. And uh, at one point we were doing our session and this young woman came in and Tito goes, yeah, I'd like you to meet my, my sister Janet. Oh, hi, Tito's <laughs> sister Janet. So we're just sitting here talking and after it took me 
10 minutes to realize, hey, wait a minute, this is Janet Jackson I'm talking to right here. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> she was just so sweet and unaffected, and she was really excited to hear the guitar stuff that we were working on. And she said, you know, I've always wanted to learn guitar. I said, well, I can, I can give you guitar lessons. So <laughs> I guess I, I still... Janet, if you're out there, um, you can still get your guitar lesson from me. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she hears this. What a great sense of humor and good energy. And uh, he also shares his great spirit in concert tonight at the Honoka'a People's Theater and tomorrow at Porter Pavilion on Kauai. I hope you had fun today um, getting to just go over some, some stuff and to just uh, kick back and relax again. It's always a great pleasure. Uh, Stanley Jordan. Thank you so much, Dave. And one thing that we are talking about doing mm. because of the covid thing and you know i haven't been doing the traditional meet and greets like i normally have done sure i know things are kind of loosening up a little bit but um in lieu of meet and greets what i started doing is doing uh, q a from the stage oh wow and they've gone so well that i've just sort of continued it like when i did my tour in australia every single one of the shows we did a little brief Q&A at the end, and we talk about so many interesting things. So hopefully, um, if we can work this out, we'll arrange that for these shows in Hawaii as well. Oh, and there you go. That sounds cool, brother. I'm giving you, because uh, these are all on other islands, obviously, than Oahu. I'll give you a virtual hug, a high five, and uh, be crossing my fingers, too, that these go great and that you're safe and healthy. And um, can't wait till you make it back into Honolulu again. We'll get you in the studio. We'll kick back some more and uh, share some more stories from your remarkable life. That sounds great. Thank you. So great talking with you today. You too. Aloha, Stanley. Stay safe, brother. Aloha.
Thank you.